Welcome back. This is Rhythms of Grace. My name is Nate. I am here with Sung, the lead pastor of Grace Churches. Unfortunately, our uh, our third co-host, Christine, is not with us today. So it's back to just Sung and I. It's like uh, it's like the olden days. She, she will be back in a couple weeks, but then there will be an episode coming up where I won't be here. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. This, and this is why it's helpful to have three of us. Because sometimes shift happens. Shift happens. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she's sick, unfortunately. Yes, it's too bad. Yeah. So she's going to be out for an episode or two, but don't worry, we got lots to say, and yeah. I'll try to. I'll try to speak for her perspective. If any, her if, optimistic. That's right. If it ever feels appropriate, I'll say. You know what, Christine would probably say right now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. So we are in a, a, this season is called Shift Happens. We're talking about transitions and all sorts of things from the stages we go through externally, through the internal stages, like coping mechanisms, strategies for discernment. What do we got? What are we talking about today? So we ended last episode talking about um, a, a practice, if you will, that I often employ when we're trying, when I'm trying to decide on maybe a couple options of things. Okay. Uh, we've talked about different ways that you could use the sermon in terms of, you know, for example, is your decision driven by fear or is it, you know, being, uh, you know, are you being pulled forward by love? Yeah. So there, there are just some questions that we're asking. And here's, uh, so we ended with, hey, here's a practice that you might want to consider. Okay. Um, I'm curious to see if you or your wife actually do this as well, too. All right. Not so, that it's a test, but I hope I pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because everything is a test. Oh, man. That's, a, that's a, probably unique to me, but yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I do have a recent, uh, a, a really recent example, but let's say it's two decisions that you're trying to make. And, you know, most of these decisions aren't huge decisions. Okay. But they're, you know, decisions that you still need to make or want to make. And you can't decide, let's say it's like, let's make it, let's bring it down even really small and Mm. just say, you're trying to decide um, whether to do, uh, whether to go see a movie this weekend or to go out with uh, friends. Okay. And not, well, you could do both. Sure. But, but just for the sake of this uh, exercise. So in, and in this exercise, there isn't necessarily like a right or a wrong answer. Right. Okay. There isn't a right or wrong. Okay. And it is like, it's really tapping into, and we talked about this in a previous episode, like articulating your desire and your want. I see. You know, because a lot of times that goes unnamed. Yeah. And when you name it, it really helps to say, okay, and this is just a mental exercise, maybe to to sift out what is it that you really want. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, uh, and some oftentimes this is a family exercise, and we recently did this because we are trying to decide. Every summer we do like one epic family vacation trip. Okay, and so we had two two options. We called it option <laughs> option A and option B. Very technical. Yes. And, um, well, let's use that example. That might be a better example. Okay. So we talked it over with the kids. Hey, you know, you'll all be on summer break and what, you know. So we said, here's option A, here's option B. Option A was to go 
um, through the Grand. It's a number of national parks in the Utah. Uh, Utah. It's just called the Grand Circle. You know, Zion, Bryce, mm-hmm. all that. Like, and and our family loves national parks. We love hiking. They're like, oh man, that sounds great. And then the other option was to the to do the Canadian Rockies, Banff, and all that. And so uh, we're sh- we're showing pictures of the different places, and our kids choose option A. Okay. And I'm like, yeah. In deep inside, I. That's what it, that's what what I want to do as well. Um, and then we thought everything was settled. And then Micah comes to me and says, "Hey, Dad." Um, a friend of mine is playing uh, in um, in an orchestra after their homeschool co-op is done. So towards the end of May, where there's a live production and there's a live orchestra playing. I'd really like to be a part of that. Mm. So I said, okay, great. When is it? Well, it's at, at the end of May. And I was like, oh, well, that's when we we're thinking about traveling. So we have this whole discussion and things. And, and then we were like, okay, what if we went to the Canadian Rockies instead? Um, and I, so, so, uh, so the practice is you you make a decision and and you kind of see where that sits and how that feels Mm. for a couple days. Okay. And and this one, it it, it wasn't just a thought experiment. We thought we had made a decision. Yeah. Yeah. That then, then we had to shift and it was option B. Mm. So I, uh, and initially I think I secretly, I felt like, ah, I really wanted to do option A. Okay. And then I let it sit there for a couple days, and I think I grew more and more excited. And then, long story short, we said, "Yeah, Micah, you could do that." You know, we'll, we'll, but but all, so that's one example. So the the practice is you make a decision even before, let's say you you actually make a decision. You just you mentally make a decision saying, "This is what I'm going to decide." Mm. Option A, and you sit in it for a day or two or however long. And you just see what emerges yeah. inside. Yeah. Is there a sense of peace? Is there a sense of excitement and leaning forward? Or is there just, is there just something there? Mm-hmm. And you don't make the decision then. But then you say, okay, after that time of discernment, then you mentally decide, I'm going to go f- for option B, as if that's the decision. And you let that sit. Let it, you know... You're not you're not necessarily rationalizing, making pros and cons. You, you, again, this is more to more of an <clears throat> intuitive mm-hmm. kind of you know, um, and, and it's not right or wrong. It, it's a preference thing, and may, maybe this is a practice to maybe sift out what is it that you really want. Yeah, kind of like when Jesus says to to the you know to the. To the man, uh, you blind know. Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. What do you What do you, what want? Do you want? Yeah, and it's like, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he he asks him because he wants him to articulate that, mm. and I think that 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 has been a, a practice on, on some occasions that uh, that I'll go, okay, like, okay, I'm going to make this decision. In the, for example, in the past, I've I've had to make a decision like, okay, do I uh, pursue a terminal degree? Mm. Um. And I think, okay, let me just sit with this. Right. Um, here's what it'll mean for my family, for yeah. my life, all this. How do I? How, how do I feel? And what emerges out of that? Like, is there a sense of freedom, a sense of joy, or is there a sense of dread? Right. And then again, I don't make a decision, and then I go, okay, uh, I'm not going to pursue that. How does that feel? Mm. 
And, and so when, when you kind of fully invest mentally in one way or the other, instead of standing at a crossroad, because sometimes we get stuck. Yeah. It's the paralysis of, well, if I go to the left, what will it mean? Yeah. If I go to the right, what, how will I feel? And so start going to the left, mm. not committing yourself to the left, yeah. but start walking down that path. And if it feels like, no, this, this isn't it. Mm. In fact, you may go back to, to the, inner, the, the uh, crossroads and go to the right. And in fact, this, this may happen too. You may walk down that path and go, you know what, that, that's not it either. Mm. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't know that we, uh, we'll, we'll come up with pros and cons, but we'll, do, do we allow our hearts yeah. to enter into that decision yeah. even before making a decision? Yeah. You know, it's so, it's, I just was talking to a good friend of mine who did this it, uh, kind of on accident. Oh, well, well, I'll, let me, I'll just tell the story. Um, he, had, he had been at a particular job for like three years or something like that. Um, and he... And uh, somehow he heard about another job opportunity. And what he kind of thought was like, you know, I haven't really, um, I haven't really uh, interviewed in a while. I, that's not really a muscle that I've sort of exercised. Like this job could be interesting, but why don't I just, I'm just going to say, yes, I'll go in for interviews. And uh, he just sort of started to walk down that path. Mm-hmm. It, again, for him, it was a little bit more of a, let me just practice mm-hmm. in case, just because I want to stay fresh. Um, but as he went more and more, he was like, he loved the culture of the new company. He really was intrigued by the people that he would be working with. And the more he heard about the position, the more he realized like, oh, this would be really exciting. And all of those things, he still wasn't, so basically he got a job offer and then he was like, I didn't, I don't, I didn't even know that I wanted this job, (laughs) but, but he sort of did that. He sort of lived into it and then just sort of let himself feel what would it be like to say Mm -hmm. yes to this. And that made the decision. Um, I, I mean, there was still a lot of conversations and, you know, discernment, but that was, he sort of walked it out first. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I, I think, I think, uh, I've seen people do this in on a much um, smaller scale when it's like two restaurants. It's like, hey, do you want to go out for Mexican or do you want to go for Chinese? And sort of like make the decision. And then you can sort of like do a quick gut check. Like, yeah. do you feel good about that? Or do you like, oh, I guess I kind of, I guess I kind of wished that we had picked, you know, Mexican or Chinese instead. Right. And it's so interesting how, and this is kind of like the question I want to put back to you, but like, why is it, why is it so hard for us to know what we want? You know, like sometimes you have to have an option taken away before you realize that you want it. Like, what is that about? I don't understand what about our psychology (laughs) makes it so hard to to see that. That is a good question because I have, uh, family members, singular or plural, I won't name, where it, it'll be that, like, hey, should we go out here or go out there? Yeah. And they'll be like, ah, I don't care. Right. And then it'll be like, well, okay, let's go here. And then it's like, well, then suddenly gosh, they care. I, yeah. I actually wanted to go. To the, and it's, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting. I, I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, I, I think sometimes until you walk down a path, you mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, and there are times when God allows you because, I mean, how many of us where this hasn't happened, where you walk down a path thinking, oh, this is God's will for my life. Yeah. And then you realize it's a dead end. Yeah. And then sometimes you go back and then you take the other path. And sometimes people will be like, well, I thought that was God's will. Mm-hmm. I thought this relationship was it. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, how could God allow this? And sometimes, because we're so thick-headed and hard-hearted, yeah. 
God has to allow us to walk down a path to actually experience what that path looks like and, and to encounter that dead end mm-hmm. and to either, either because of our own choosing or because of circumstance and it's been chosen for us, we realize this wasn't God's intended yeah. will for us or not, or not in the way that we thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, there was something to learn there, but yeah. not necessarily to live into this opportunity or relationship or whatever for an extended period of time. Yeah, I, and I would say every one of those detour, quote unquote detours is an opportunity to learn. Yeah. God is not some, you know, sadistic God that's just leading us to a path. Right. Where- He's not moving the finish line every time you turn around. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. That is interesting. I mean, I wonder also how much of it, and I think we've probably talked about this in other seasons or other episodes. I wonder how much of it is sort of like the feeling that our desires should not play into mm-hmm. s- sort of the discernment process, especially when there's an element of faith involved or when there's an element of trying to follow what God wants, sort of like people sort of want to or feel like we should take our desires, interests, preferences off the table. Right. And I think that there are times when God asks us to do hard things that we don't want to do. Absolutely. But there's also tons of time where he has gifted us with preferences and abilities and passions. And it's like, yeah, if that, like, let that be a part of the decision-making process. Right. That's right. every bit as much of it. But when you don't do that, it can be very hard to know what you want. Yeah, because what we tend to do, especially as Christians, is we can over-spiritualize decisions yeah. mm-hmm. and go and like, okay, God, tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. Do I move to Nebraska or Texas? Right. Right. And then... Uh, I've done this and I've heard so many other people do this. It's like you look for cloud formations, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, that cloud kind of looks like Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Maybe that's God telling me again, that's kind of ridiculous, but like, I mean, uh, we've all done that Yeah. at some point in our Christian life. And, and and I I think there's a desire to honestly, I think there's an honest desire to please God. Yeah. I want to do what God wants for my life. But I think that also does negate Mm -hmm. that sense of, and we have talked about it, but again, like as you grow in your relationship with God, as you, as you, uh, you know, despite the fact that we, yeah, we will never be perfectly without sin, uh, God does shape our desires Mm. to align with him. And he uses that. Yeah. I think that, and we've talked about this before too, but this is another time where like learning to, well, it's like it's like the it's like practicing for big decisions, yeah. which is that if you over the course of days and weeks and months and years learn to align your desires with with who God is and who God wants you to be, then you're not sort of stuck feeling like, "Oh no, I have all of these preferences or these passions or these desires that I can't trust." It's like you can sort of go through the fire in small ways, whether that's friendships or opportunities at work or the way that you navigate work-life balance or, you know, the things that you do for leisure, you can put all of those things sort of in front of God and, and invite him into those small things. And in that way, sort of practice aligning your desires with his. And then when you have a desire, it's a lot easier to say, well, Hey, if I want this and I know that in general, my heart is aligned with who God wants me to be, then I can just sort of move freely into this. And I don't have to like second guess it and doubt it and, and, you know, not trust it. Um, so there is like pre-work that you can do basically. 
And I think some people get stuck, and we've both seen this with people at Grace and other, like, should I take this job in this city or this other job in another city? Yeah. And I think part of the paralysis that people feel is, I think there's a sense of one job or one city will bring me, like, fulfillment, mm -hmm. and the other won't. Yeah. Or that I will somehow maximize pleasure if I move to this city yeah. instead of that city. And I think that's another reason why sometimes we get paralyzed in decision-making, yeah. that, that we, get, we get stuck. We think that some place, some job, <laughs> some thing yeah. will bring us perfect right. fulfillment. And then you land there, and then what do you realize? Like, oh, it doesn't. Oh, man. And then the grass is greener on the other side, yep. and you go, I should have gone to the other city. Oh, yeah. And taking the other job. Adam Sandler has a fantastic Saturday Night Live sketch where he basically is pretending that he's like running uh, like a tour company to Italy. Mm -hmm. And he talks about all the beautiful places that they're going to go. But then he essentially says, you will still be you in Italy. <laughs> like your marriage will still be your marriage in Italy. And uh, just like that exact idea that we imagine there is some place where all of the things about us that are a little bit off kilter or that we're working on or aren't working quite right. There's some sort of circumstance where all those things just dissipate. And it's like, no, man, you're going to be yourself in Texas. You're going to be yourself in New Orleans. It doesn't matter where you go. You're going to be there. You know? That also applies to uh, relationships and marriage. 100%. Right? Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, if, uh, like this person will complete me. I, I won't struggle with lust anymore or sin or no, that feeling of loneliness will now forever be gone. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's actually a good thing when you discover this before you get married. Yep. There's a sense of disappointment. Like, oh, you know, and there's a number of younger couples that uh, I, I talked to and, and Amy and I talked to. And one of them just recently came to Amy and was just like, hey, can we talk? Because mm. I, I thought. And again, it's another opportunity to be like, hey, again, we've talked about this. You never marry the right person. Yeah. Right. And what, what's happening is, is God is shattering the ideal, the rose colored glasses and idealism. Because at some point after you get married, and hopefully it's before, you kind of wake up and you go, oh, I'm married to a sinner. Mm. And it's like, well, what'd you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm still a sinner. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm still a sinner. <laughs> shoot. I thought I'd be patient with you. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, and it's like, I. Oh, I love this person because I never get angry at them. Yeah. And that becomes a basis for, yeah. let's say, marriage. And then you realize, oh, I, you, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one other thing about your uh, discernment strategy that I thought was really interesting that I just wanted to touch on, which is that in some ways, and, I, you know, I, I think, well, in some ways it allows you to live a reflective life before in it, like live a reflective life in a decision before you actually have to bear the full sort of weight of responsibility or pressure or all of the repercussions for good or for evil um, of a decision. Yeah. You're kind of, it's like pre-reflection in yeah. some ways, which is so valuable. I mean, again, there, there are, uh, I'm guilty of this, of living essentially an unreflective life. And you can find yourself really questioning, did I make the right call? Did I make the wrong call? Um, and and they're living a reflective life, especially before one of those decisions really 
you know, carries a ton of weight in your life uh, is, is a fantastic strategy. And even if you reflect on it or pre-reflect on it and you make a decision and you go through prayer and mentoring and counsel from others, I will say whatever it is, a job, a marriage or relationship, you will face trials and challenges and difficulties because what happens over and over and over again is you face that and then immediately you think maybe this wasn't God's will for yeah. my life over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to think that. And I think one of the things to, to remember is, um, I mean, Jesus, uh, I don't mean to preach here, but like Jesus is in the garden and he's like, not my will, but yours be done. And what happens? He goes to the cross. Yeah. He dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that didn't that did not did not protect the son of God from not only hardship and punishment but death itself. Yeah. And somehow we think, oh, if if I know that this is God's will for my life, then somehow God's going to like we may not say this but we think this yeah. like in the deepest parts of our hearts like God will protect me. I'll have success and I won't have any trouble. Mhm. And, and I think it's just good to remember that even in the midst of, because of Jesus' death, right? Like, I mean, he accomplished so much, a God used that to accomplish so much good. Yeah. And that's what God's going to do when you face unexpected difficulties yeah. in what you thought was, quote unquote, God's will. Yeah, it's going to, in a couple of weeks, Christine and I are going to do an episode specifically around regret, yeah. which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> and the, the contrast is part of the humor because I regret everything. She regret <laughs> she, she, we actually had this conversation where she's like, in general, I don't live my life with a lot of regrets. And I'm like, I live my whole, my whole <laughs> life full of regrets. But, but that is part of the discernment and decision-making and transition process. And so that, that'll be something that we'll dive into more in a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, like as you go through transition, as you begin something new, as something comes to an end, or whether you find yourself in that liminal period of you're not there, but you're not here anymore, remember like discernment is not a crystal ball. Mm. It, it is a way, it is a lifestyle of wisdom, mm-hmm. of walking with God and, um, yeah, so, and even, and even, you know, walking with others yeah. as they, as they help you discern the end of the story that I shared earlier about, um, my friend, one of the things that he did as he was walking this out, as he started reaching out and I took a bunch of people and I was just one of them. Mm-hmm. He was saying, Hey, what do you think of this opportunity? Right. If I say yes to this, what do you see as being, you know, pros or cons or what might I be missing here? Right, right. Um, and so he really sort of like put the discernment of this opportunity in front of a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. And man, that, that, that does require a lifestyle choice. It does. You know? yeah. um, and I watched him walk it out. Yeah. Because often what happens is uh, as much as we say, Get counsel from others. Yeah. People pay lip service to that. Oh, man. <laughs> How many times have you sat down with someone who says they're looking for advice and within like the first 30 seconds you realize, oh, they already, they, they're just looking for me to tell them that the decision they already made is the right one. Right, right. I feel like it happens all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, very rarely does it feel like you sit, somebody sits down in front of you and says, just... Just tell me. Just yeah. tell me what you're thinking. In fact, we know we have a mutual friend who went through the whole, whole process as they were moving. Yeah. Um, to be intentional about this, 
can, uh, can you share a little bit about like their process, at least from what you know? Yeah. And I wasn't, my wife was a part of it and I wasn't there specifically, but part of what they did was that they got, um, a, a sort of like a panel of close friends and trusted advisors, uh, because they did, they had, they had two cities, two job opportunities kind of on the table in front of them. And one was, uh, one was like a fantastic job opportunity with a lot of sort of prestige and advancement. The other was really close to family and it wasn't nearly so again, that's, is either one of those wrong? No, but, but the opportunities were very, very different. And so they literally just sat down um, over the course of several hours with this panel and simply said, Hey, these are the things we're thinking about. And the role of the panel, and this was like a whole really well sort of organized and there were like ground rules and all sorts of stuff. Like the panel only asked questions for the first, you know, hour or something Mm -hmm. like that. But essentially it was them simply saying, Hey, people that we trust help us see what we are not seeing. Right. Perhaps. Ask questions yeah. and probe mm-hmm. and examine our hearts yes. and our ambitions yes. that was and exactly our desires. It. Yep. And and so that's what the that's what these the the panel of friends did. They would simply sort of pursue a line of questions to sort of try to get at the heart of like, well, why do you think that would be the case? Or why is that so important? Or, you know, how does how do you feel about this? How does your spouse feel about this? Just digging, digging, digging to try to get to the very root of their desires. And I think that for them, and again, I wasn't there, but I think the results were surprising. I think some things came up that they did not expect, but really did help clarify the decisions that were in front of them. Yeah. I think having a panel or a circle of trust where they could just know inhibitions, ask questions. And these are people who uh, obviously know you well, love God and want to, and, uh, and, are coming in with this prayer of indifference of like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I may have a desire for you and your life, but I'm going to set that aside and we're just going to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a learning experience, not only for that, that family, but for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've done that at grace in a couple different ways. We have those, we have discipleship circles that are essentially that, you know, it, and it sort of becomes a panel of peers. But a lot of times, even though there is quite a bit of structure to those groups, inevitably over the course of six months, someone's going to have a decision that they're trying to make. And a group that is going well, I think is a group where the, the people can do that sort of just ask questions and try to get at what um, what that individual is actually thinking and feeling instead of sort of bringing their own opinion. Uh, I mean, again, we're never fully free of our opinions, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but and as much as is possible, be an objective sort of uh, part of the discernment process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Looks like we got to find some friends. <laughs> no, I do. I count myself lucky that I do have a number of people that, that would help me discern. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, well, I think that's it for today's episode. All right. Sounds good. What are we looking at next week? Oh, I don't know. I'll come up with something. <laughs> <All right>. Sounds <laughs> good. Hope you decide to join us then to uh, learn more about transitions, how we deal with them and where God is in the entire process. 